Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Nearby our camp up in Maine, there's a long and rather rough dirt road that runs several miles just outside of the town of Island Falls. At the end of this road, a footpath that winds another mile or so through the woods to a small clearing along the banks of the west branch of the Mattawamkeag River. It's a place well known in that region as Bible Point. And on one particularly beautiful Sabbath morning a couple of summers ago, my youngest son and I decided that this might be a good and appropriate time to make that journey. And it's definitely worth the trip. Truly, as we hiked along this trail that's lined by towering oaks and 300-year-old pines, not only was I reminded yet again of the utter beauty and boundless wonder of this part of God's creation, I also found myself reflecting on someone who, many, many years before, had also walked through these woods, and who had been moved in much the same way. You see, this particular location, deep in the forest of Rusta County, is significant in that it happens to have been a favorite spot of our 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt. In fact, he would write in his later years that he owed a great personal debt to that part of the world for shaping him into the man he would become. As a 21-year-old student at Harvard in the late 1800s, Roosevelt would travel north to Maine to go hunting and fishing in the wilderness with a gentleman by the name of William Wingate Sewell, who was a woodsman and guide from Island Falls, which at that time was still pretty wild and woolly country. Apparently, the two provided quite the contrast. Roosevelt, a young man of wealth and social status who was being groomed for great things, and Sewell, a son of the soil, who it was said as a matter of principle never drank or smoked and who read his Bible daily. And yet, while they may have come from widely different backgrounds, the two nonetheless became fast friends, a relationship that endured for a lifetime. Roosevelt used to say that Bill Sewell was one of the most, quote, self-respecting, duty-performing, and life-enjoying people, unquote, that he'd ever known. And there was no better legacy to leave for the next generations than that one. Interestingly, for his part, Bill Sewell wrote years later that as a wilderness guide, he'd never seen anybody quite like Roosevelt before, describing him as a thin, pale youngster with bad eyes and a weak heart. However, there was one trait of the future president that stayed strong in Sewell's memory. How, when they were camping and fishing deep in those woods along the Mattawamkeag, each morning Mr. Roosevelt would take his Bible and hike alone to a certain spot in the woods, and there he would sit, fish, read scripture, and pray. It was a spiritual discipline, one that ultimately made a great deal of difference in the life of the young T.R., who of course went on to have a rich and historic life and career. But even with all the challenges he faced throughout his lifetime, and as President of the United States, the memory of those early days spent in the Maine woods were never far from Roosevelt's mind and heart. In fact, he considered those quiet times spent in communion with the Lord and the wonder and beauty of the visible world, he wrote, to be the singular experience that guided him forward in every way. 
I must confess that the memory of Zach's and my visit to that special place of retreat has been fresh on my mind as of late, especially as I reflect on this current time of global pandemic and the uncertainty of what's ahead for us as a people and as a nation. Not to sound overly political here, which is to say not to sound at all political here, but I have to say that lately I stand amazed, and not in a good way, of how, even as stay-at-home orders continue and most of us are simply and wholly focused on staying safe and getting through this thing, that the politicians and power brokers of this world seem determined to continue on with the same kind of harsh rhetoric and conflicting, divisive viewpoints that regretfully have become part and parcel of any kind of dialogue these days, and which has become all too contagious in a world that struggles to exist in whole peace with true justice and, dare I say it, with love. Better, it would seem to me, for our leaders and we ourselves to be spending time about now seeking out moments of quiet contemplation, perchance to be guided forward with integrity, true wisdom, and again, dare I say it, faith for the living and leading of these days, with an eye toward the most vulnerable among us. You see, I know it can happen, because it has happened, even in the most unlikely of times and in and through the most unlikely of people. It's no coincidence that on a wooden plaque found at this particular site, which, by the way, since 1921 has been preserved as a national historical landmark, is written the words, Stranger, rest here, and consider what one man having faith in the right and love for his fellows was able to do for his country. The rest, as they say, is history. But history starts, at least I believe it starts, with a humble and prayerful attitude. My son and I lingered for quite some time that day at Bible Point before we made our trek back to camp. Somebody's made a makeshift bench out of a log that overlooks the river, and it was indeed the perfect place for some prayer and reflection. There's also a post on which there's been built a homemade wooden box, inside of which is a guest book for visitors to sign, and a worn copy of the Holy Bible. That day I signed the guest book, and then I picked up the Bible and casually thumbed through its pages, wondering perhaps if those who had come before had marked a passage that was meaningful for them as they'd encountered this beautiful spot. Interestingly enough, the Bible opened easily to one particular page, and the verse that immediately caught my eye was from Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A true word of divine affirmation, if ever there was one. But also, I might add, a good assurance in these strange times for the journey ahead. And that's it for another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.